seated. All right, some of you. Good morning. Am I on? Are we on? I got a green. There we go. We're on. Some of you may remember, I don't want to put you on the hook. Some of you may remember that last week we talked about farmers, right? And there's a couple of takeaways that, that I want to go ahead and underscore from last week's sermon. First off, just just a reminder, okay, in case you didn't get it, because I got called out on this. I don't hate cotton farmers. I like cotton farmers, okay? I'm not, I'm not looking at anybody over in that area, but I like cotton farmers. I don't have a problem with them, even though Tyler over here, you know, our, our Tyler, you know, he had his Porsche and his golf game, but I don't have a problem with, with cotton farmers. The second takeaway from that is, is that it's never good to compare farmer to farmer. It's never good to compare person to person, spirituality to spirituality, right? It's, it's like trying to argue about, you know, who has, you know, the, the best pizza in town or, or what your favorite Bible verse is or who's the, the best looking. Well, that's an easy one. We all no, the well, no, I don't want to go there on that one. But but it's never good to compare, and and so ultimately, what we wanted to walk away with is this idea of this is not what I don't want you to do is compare yourself to the person beside you or your parents or your sister. It's not about that. The goal is not to be better than the person beside you. The goal is to be better than you were. Okay, it, but now I have to shift gears just a little bit, right? Because I don't want you to walk away thinking that the goal of Christianity is just to be a, a good person or, or even a better person. Now, I don't think it's wrong to be kind. I don't think it's wrong to be, to be humble. I don't think it's wrong to be charitable. But I don't want you to think that the goal of your Christian walk is just to be better, to be a, a, a moralistic person, right? I don't, that's not what this is about. Christianity is not about, well, I'm, you know, I pay my taxes, so I'm better than everybody else. But what happens if that becomes your goal? What if your goal simply is, and I'm not saying this is all bad, but what if your goal is, I just want to be better than I was yesterday? Could that lead to some problems? Absolutely it can, because before long, one, you're only comparing yourself to yourself, not to who Jesus is. And secondly, you might as well throw on a robe, slap a phylactery on your forehead and call yourself a Pharisee because that's what they were trying to do they they were all about the laws there was no heart and Jesus had a big problem with that and so even though we talked about that you're not supposed to compare yourself with others and you just want to better yourself there still has to be something else that goes beyond the idea of being a Christian because really being a Christian is this. It's very simply said, it's a little harder to do, but just be more like Christ every day. That's what we want to do. 
we want to be more like Christ. It means that everything you do is based on the fact that you love God with everything that you have. Everything and everybody all the time. Now that actually gets really hard, doesn't it? I actually would rather just be kinder than I was yesterday. That's a whole lot easier than being like Jesus. But I want to go to scripture this morning and I want to look at a guy who did a pretty good job of that. We're actually going to go to Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 6. I love Isaiah. It's a humongous book. Actually, it's broken up in two different books. But we're going to be focusing on the commission of Isaiah, which is found in chapter 6. We're going to go in Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 8. Some of you may be familiar with this. This is one of those kind of verses that you, you slap on a bumper sticker and put it on your car, or you, you print it off and put it on your mirror. I just love this verse right here. It says, verse 8, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for me? And Isaiah says... Ask that guy. <laughs> no, no, no. He says, what? Here am I, send me. Now, I know we're not supposed to be comparing people, but I want to be like Isaiah. I want to be like Isaiah. When, when God says, okay, who's going to go for me? I want to be, I want to go for you. Right? And we don't have time. But if we did, we would keep reading down. And we would find out what actually Isaiah is called to. Because just a spoiler here, Isaiah is not going to be called to be a pastor of a mega church that preaches about, about peace and about goodness and about how everybody gets what they want. That's not going to be the call at all. In fact, basically God's going to say, go to these people and say, you guys are going to hear, but you're not going to understand. You're going to see, but you're not going to perceive. Because if you did, you would turn and you would be healed. Can you imagine that's the message that God tells you to go give other people? He says, guys, you're going to hear things. But you're going to be too dumb to figure it out. And you're going to see things, but you're not really going to understand them. Because if you did, you'd be healed. Think about that for just half a second. What kind of people get healed? The people who are sick. This is the commission of Isaiah. Go out and tell everybody you're sick, but you're not going to get healed. And so Isaiah, he's going to ask a question like, well, how long do I have to do this? And basically God says, when the cities are destroyed and every house is desolate, that's how long that you're going to have to share this message. This is not like, go tell everybody how great God is this next weekend. This is not a weekend, you know, mission trip, you know, to Florida or Hawaii. This is, you're going to go tell some really hard things for a really long time, right? So here's the deal. Isaiah is going to volunteer himself to do this. But the question is, why would he do this? Why would he volunteer the hard job? And in order to understand that, we have to think about this one word. Humility. 
Now, we actually talked about this. I know you remember this because you never forget any sermon that I preached. But back in July of this last year, we talked about this idea of what humility is and, and what it isn't. What it's not is thinking that thinking all the time that you're this terrible, worthless person. And what it's certainly not is going around telling other people that you're this lowly, worthless person because you, you want them to argue with you. And I know none of you in here have done that before, but I know somebody standing up in here has done that before. Have you ever done, you ever gone fishing before? When you're not near a lake? You ever go fishing when you're like, man, these pants make me look fat. And why are you saying that out loud? Because you want somebody to say, no, they don't. You look really good in that. Do I look good in these? I think I do look good in these. Man, that was the worst golf shot I've ever had in my life. That is absolutely terrible. No, it's not. You're like three feet off the fairway. Oh, I am just three feet off. That wasn't so bad after all. But, but what is real humility? Listen to this. Let's, let's back up and we're going to go to verse 5, Isaiah chapter 6. Listen to what he says. He says, woe is me, for I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a, a people with unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew over to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for me? And this guy filled with humility says, Here am I, send me. Why would he do this? Why would he volunteer to go a place and preach a message that is going to make everybody else hate him? And why is he going to volunteer to do this until the whole city is destroyed and everybody is run off? It's because it's of his humility. It's because he understood the greatness of God. Humility is when you see and serve something better. Right? It's the dying of self. Hey, where's, it's tough. Are you around here? Can you come give me a hand, bud? I need you to help me out. I don't know. I've been asking for a lot of volunteers lately, and it gets kind of sketchy every time. Two weeks ago, we had somebody up on a board. We thought, man, they could fall off. Last week, we had some people wearing some crazy hats, but guess what? You don't have to do any of that. I just need you to help me out. Are you good with math? Oh, sweet, he is. Do you get that from your mom or your dad? Who's the math genius in your house? Oh, you don't know. That's the best answer. Okay, say, I've got something for you. What I want to give you, do you like chocolate? Okay, good. So I have uh, some chocolate I want to give to you. But before I give to you, can I just talk about it for just a second? Okay, so this is a bag of M&M's. Okay, can you tell me what that says right there? That says what? Fun size. It says fun size. I want to have a talk with the people at M&M's. <laughs> what kind of sick person makes a bag this tiny and calls it fun size? That's not fun size. 
That's boring size. That's where's the next pack size. That's like, I need more. This is terrible. Why would they call this fun size? There's nothing fun about You open this up, and this is literally, get this. Uh, this is half a serving of M&M's. Just, just in case you want to know, there's about 16 pieces in this thing. That's not fun size, but that's what they call it. We're not going to argue with it, so we're going to, that's yours right there, okay? You want, is that, but that's, that's not, you want to keep that? I'll let you, you know what, I'll let you have it. I'm, I'm feeling generous today, but you want something else? He's like, oh, I don't know, because, okay, I'm going to, I got something else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Now we're talking. I still have a little problem with M&M's because this is called the share size. No, it's not. No one buys this bag and says, I want to give some of it to somebody else. Right? This is the kind of bag that, like, if I buy this bag, if I can't finish it off in one sitting, I hide it. That's what you do in the crumb household. If you have food you want to keep, you hide it. I'm telling you, you go in my refrigerator. I'm going to be now, I've just, I've blown it now. But I'm telling you, you go in my refrigerator, you're going to see like, why are all those little things of butter in there? He doesn't need that much butter. There's not butter in there. It's where I hide food. I put that way in the back and they're like, I'm not going to eat that butter. I'll make sure at the back and then I put the good stuff. This is not the share side. But, but I want you to tell me, this is a tough question here. Here, hold your hand out. I want you to feel them. Okay, which, this is a tough, which one is bigger? Uh, it is a little bit bigger. Okay, so I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to do a little math for you. This is three servings, right? How much is this? Half a serving. Okay, so we got to do the math here. This has about 16 pieces. This has 96. Not enough to share, but still it's a good amount, Rusty. It's something that you can, you can take right, right after you eat. Okay, so if you get to pick one, which one do you want? Oh, okay, you get to keep that. Oh, you're going to let me have this one back. You are awesome. I am going to take that back. Okay, and I'm not, it's going in the butter dish, and don't y'all look. Right? Okay, so, so, we're, so I just want to make sure you knew the difference between Small and big. Okay, you feel good. Okay, you did great. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on a second. One more time. Do you want something else? Oh, you're still not sure. This is fun size. This. They don't put it on here, but this is share size. This right here is three pounds of chocolate goodness in a thin candy shell. This is where M&M's did us right. The fun size, not so much. The share size, you're not getting any. This, I'll pass some out. I'll give some around. So let's talk about this for just a second here. This right here is three servings. Do you know how many servings this is? Six four? Wow. <laughs> You must have a butter dish in your refrigerator, too. This is 62 servings. I did the math here. 62 servings. This is, okay, where's Santa back there? 1,984 M&Ms. That's a lot of M&Ms. Okay, I'm 
minute ago I said, which is the small one and which is the big one? Okay. Oh, oh so now medium comes in. But a minute ago you said this is the big one. I said, which one's the big one? You said this is the big one. Now which one's the big one? Okay, so I'm going to be nice. I'm going to ask you, which one do you want to keep? You can keep the small one, the big one, or the big, big one. Which one do you want? Okay, there you go. Okay, now listen. I just want you to know. Where's, I want you to know, I, had, I looked on here, 8,680 calories. Okay, so not in one sitting. Hey, just, just so you know, if you eat one of those a day, you will finish that by the year 2030. Yeah, I know you can't even imagine as a number because that's like way off it, but, but you, can, you can think about that. Okay. So you can, you, and you know what, just stay up here for just a second because I've got one more thing for you. I don't know that you can see this, but you, this right here is a baptistry. And we normally fill this thing with water. But I wanted to do something really special, right? And so this is one-seventh of a cubic foot of M&M's. I had to do the math. This is one-seventh, okay? This thing over here is eight feet long, and it's four feet wide, and it's three and a half feet deep. Okay, so come back over here, because we got to get our sheet, because we had to do some numbers and get the math. So let me see if we get this right. Okay, let's look at this. Th that baptistry is 112 cubic feet. This is one-seventh of a cubic feet. That means that when I had to fill this up, it took 784 of these. 784 of these. That's 1,555,000 M&Ms. A minute ago... The share size was big. Now you said, this is big. How about that thing full of M&Ms? That's really good. I'm, i got to tell you something, though. It's not full of that. Because <laughs> if the elders found out that I spent $22,000 filling up that thing with M&Ms, I'd have to come to your house and look in your butter dish and get something to eat. I, so you take that. So, but I just want you to think for just stay here for just a second. You know, we think about how big is God, right? You know, we think, oh, we're this size, he's this size. Ah, that's not good either. You know, how about, how about we're this size and he's this size? Oh, hey, that's not too bad. That's, you keep reaching for that. Hang on. You're, okay, you're doing good. I got 120 times. What about this? What if that was, I just want you to imagine for just a second. What if I filled that thing up with M&Ms and it started pouring over and the M&Ms started just rushing all through this auditorium and all of a sudden the M&Ms are this high and then they're this high and then there's can you imagine this whole entire room filled with M&Ms up to your you could swim around in them but here's the deal that's just not big enough when we talk about God when we talk about how big God is and we want to try to compare him to the lowly M&M there's not enough room in this world. If we could just fill this world, every ocean, every bit of land, if we could fill the whole world all the way to the top with M&Ms, that still wouldn't talk about how awesome God is. Okay, now we're done. Good job. And you get to keep that, buddy. Thank you so much. To
just one more time. There's no M&Ms in the baptistry. For a lot of reasons, there's no M&Ms in the baptistry. But I just want you to get an idea of how big God really is. And so let's go back. Let's read up a little more. I told you not to read down. This time we're going to read up. We're going to start all over. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. It says this, In the year that King Uzziah reigned, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with, listen to this, with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two wings they covered their feet, and with two wings they were crying, uh, they, were, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled, filled with His glory. Think about how big that is. You talk about that tiny little M&M and just filled up. That's the, the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth. What's a seraphim? It's an angel. I have to pause for just a second. I got to make a disclaimer. The last several weeks, I keep mentioning, or months, I keep talking about these little figurines that you put, the cute little, little angels with the chubby. I kept calling them precious memories. That's a song, people. My wife says, says Doug, you're saying precious memories. It was precious moments. So you know those little precious moments, little figurines? They had a little cupid. It looks so cute and chubby and sweet and just like, I just want to hold it. You're like, oh, look at you. That's what we think of an angel. That's not an angel. These things are freakishly scary. They completely take out armies by themselves, one at a time, can wipe out a whole army. They can take out a whole nation. And these huge, you would think you see these things and everybody would cower. Everybody in the Bible who sees an angel freaks out. They're not like, hey, how's it going? They fall to the ground, face to the ground, and they say something like, I'm not worthy or I'm going to die or this is it. That's what they do. And instead, you have these angels. They had six wings. And they're covering their faces and their feet and they're flying. These amazing creatures that would scare anyone. All of the U.S. government with all its military might could not take down one of these angels. Not one of them. They're so impressive. And in the presence of God, they cover their eyes. And all they can say is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy. It means different. It means set apart. It means unique. It means no one else like. They keep saying, there is no one like you. We are these mighty angels that could wipe out the entire world in an afternoon. But when they come into the presence of God, all they can do is cover their faces and sing a song of praise and adoration. 
the sound of their voices shook the doorpost and the thresholds and the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah, watching this scene unfold, says, Woe is me, for I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I serve, I live among a people with unclean lips. And then he says, I'll do anything for you. I will do anything you want me to do. And so I just want to ask you, we talked about last week, you know, do you want to be better than you were? How do you do that? It starts with a heart of humility. It starts with realizing that you're not the biggest and best and most important thing. And how does that happen? You seek the presence of God. And when you do, you praise Him with all that you have. And so I, I want you guys to be nice and kind when you leave this place. I want you to, to show kindness to the, the post office worker. I want you to be kind to your waitress. I want you to be kind to your spouse. I want you to be kind to your kids and your parents and your neighbors. I, I really do want that. But that's not what it's really all about. It's really about just absolutely falling in love with a God and recognizing that He is bigger and better than you'll ever be. You're the fun size M&M's. His M&M bag takes up the whole world, pours out into this universe, and never ever ends. And when you can realize that this is who you are and this is who He is, then you can say, I am unworthy. And I will go wherever you want and do whatever you call me to do. And I will show kindness and love and I will sacrifice in this life. This tiny, worthless, minuscule life will all be about you and how awesome you are. We just sang about it. How great you are. And so this morning... My prayer is that that song is going to continue on throughout your week. That you are going to be reminded of just how awesome God is. I want you to leave this place and every time you open your car door, I want you to imagine M&M's just pouring out of that thing. I want you to, I want you to imagine opening your house. And M&M's just flying out. I want you to imagine your little dog like trying to walk on top of that. I want you to imagine turning on your shower faucet and M&M's coming flying out of that. I want you to imagine looking at a huge ship going by and that thing is filled with M&M's. I want you to think about how awesome God is. That every tiny little M&M is just another reminder of just how great he is. And folks, if you ever get to that point and realize that, you're not going to walk away and say, I'm better than that. And so we're just going to point to a God this week 
and say, he is worth everything. And say, Lord, here am I. Send me. And that's our call this morning as we stand and sing.